Social media is a way to communicate and stay up to date with family and friends around the world. Find new friends and communities. Network with other people who share similar interests and ambitions. This narrative is true to this person who's joining me today. He is a content creator and now a podcaster himself. Please join me as we learn and the journey of my friend, Dan Evans. Hi everybody and welcome to the Rainbow Channel. This is Tony Polinas and I'm your host. Please welcome Mr. Famous, Dan Evans. Hi Dan. Hi Tony. It always makes me laugh when you say Mr. Famous. But you are Mr. Famous though. <laughs> no, stop it. You are very famous. Like, um, how many followers do you have on your YouTube? Oh God, last time I checked it was something like 119,000. Ah, jealous. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I gave a quick and brief in- um, introduction about uh, you a while ago, but I still want to know you more mm-hmm. and um, the works that you do and, um, of course, your journey of being a content creator. And and um, you are a well-known content creator. Um, you have 119K followers. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so how did it all started for you? Um, too much free time, I think, start, <laughs> is the first thing. <laughs> um, I I had a business, still technically uh, exists, but it's been like, you know, 10 years of trudging along. And it's just, you know, as a freelancer, it's really hard to find work. So uh, I had a lot of free time and I was getting into um, reaction videos, just watching other people, to be honest, but completely unrelated to the Philippines. It was all movies and you know just compilation videos that kind of thing and i thought it'd be good fun you know just in my spare time just to try try it out and see how it goes and it didn't take too long maybe a couple of weeks before i had my first sort of comments for requests and of course from there it just spiraled until you know four years later here we are (laughs) yeah (laughs) and looking back because i was when when of course, I saw you on um, uh, on one of my feed, and then I reviewed all your um, uh, videos. You kind of started like a like a travel blogger and vlogger yourself. Mm, yeah. So how why the change? Is it because mm, I'm sorry to ask, but is it because the channel is not actually producing a lot of um, um, followers or what? Um, not quite that way. No, what I suppose what happened was, as I say, I had a bit of spare time. And I mean, I started my channel in 2016, July 2016. And I was inspired by a TV show called Long Way Round with Charlie Borman and Ewan McGregor motorcycling around the world. And I loved the idea of adventure and, you know, capturing that on video. So I, you know, from I was lucky that my first real holidays as an adult on my own if you like or with partners whatever they i I documented that right from the beginning so i've got a whole load of travel videos that i've got on my shelf and i thought you know what if people watch it they can watch it if they don't care they're like me fine but you know (laughs) it's out there if people if, if people are interested so i kind of started releasing those weekly um each day of the holiday represented one vlog a week if you like so that's kind of where that started and as i said the reactions kind of came in a little bit later but that wasn't to do with views mm-hmm. it was just again spare time something i was taking an interest in and 
you know, I didn't expect to to gain an audience as such. I just put myself out there. I mean, if you look back at my old videos, God forbid, you know, I was quite nervous. So <laughs> yeah, I'm completely different to what I'm like now. And I suppose that's quite good because I'm sorry, I realize I'm rambling quite a lot here, but I'm just excited to talk about it. But just watching my personal growth from just four years ago, just talking to the camera, um, my confidence, you know, it's a, even if it's, if you just ignore the fact that it's um, creating content for YouTube and, and yeah. what I'm doing now, just getting familiar with, you know, being comfortable talking to someone because I was always quite a shy person. I still am to a point, but I'm, I'm much more confident. No, you're not. People. So I think, <laughs> well, thank you, Tony. But I think, I think that's helped though because, you know, meeting people, especially with the journey I've been on, um, you know, my subscribers oh, and... Gosh, what a journey. Oh, for what, you, I know, right? Four years, and just look at the achievements. It's incredible. Yeah, and I couldn't have done any of this had I not started doing reaction videos and meeting all mm. these incredible people. Yeah, you did mention earlier about like um, getting the confidence um, um, in front of the camera and all that. Because man, I did try that and I just cringe looking at myself. <laughs> like, as I said on my first episode, my first episode, like, can't, I can't do this. I can't, I just don't know how you do it. Like, you, did you just decide like, okay, let me just be funny and all that. And it is what it is. Do you know what? It's really difficult because you've got no one to talk to. You don't. Yeah, you do. I mean, if, if there's some, if okay, so vlogging in public, I even now I still kind of struggle with. If I'm if I'm with people, like you know, from vlogging with Shay, for example, then you know, mm -hmm. absolutely fine. But when you're on your own, and you've got you've got a camera in the middle of a city, that's when it gets really weird really quickly. But um, that's in the at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to your podcasts or your or your videos you put out there, I mean, I, t I tend not mm -hmm. to look at myself too much and you know, you always get self-critical anyway. But I think people, you'll always, if you can accept the fact that not everyone's going to like you, what yeah. you lose, all, you, all you're doing is putting something out there that you enjoy, that you love, you will find an audience. It's okay. that simple, yeah. really. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. So then you sort of like move to... um um a re as a, a reactor mm -hmm. and um is there any inspiration behind it like who was your first um reactor you watch you've watched um my the first reactor i watched was a guy called tyrone magnus i think he's got like something like two or three million subscribers now and wow. i found him really because a friend of, this is how geeky i get right so uh Several years ago, um, Star Wars Episode Seven was like, you know, it's coming out. It's all, you know, new hype, new generation. It's already exciting. And the trailer came out, and a friend of mine said that he'd been watching reaction videos just because it was, you know, something something fun to watch. And I'd never heard of reaction videos at this point, so I went on a quest to find somebody that best represented my own reaction of watching that trailer. And that's when I found Tyrone. So I watched a lot of his stuff, and that's when I kind of thought, Do you know, what? this. This is quite fun, actually. How hard can it be, right? So I gave, gave it a shot. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I say, my early ones are just, oh, dreadful. But, you know, <laughs> someone find them, so they comment and leave a request. And, you know, the first the first request I had in terms of to 
to where I am now really mm-hmm. was for fourth impacts first audition at the X factor. Oh. Regine came a little later. I, I can't recall how late, how later on it was. Okay. Um, I, I would have probably within maybe, maybe two or three weeks, perhaps the first Regine request came in, which was what kind of mm-hmm. fool am I in, in the red dress? So how did the uh, Fort Impact video, um, um, I mean, did you have good reactions on that or how did the audience yeah, um, so. take it? I think it was pretty, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was such an explosive audition. And then, of course, a lot of the Fourth Impact fans, um, they started asking for the other uh, performances from the show. So went on the X Factor journey with them and did all those reactions too. Uh, I think Almira actually from the fourth impact. She, I, I remember having a picture sent to me with um, her stood in front of a projector screen with a load of my reaction videos behind on the screen. I was like, that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. That so that's that was my first little um, brush with celebrities, if you like. So that's kind of cool. Mm. And then you had Regine Velasquez. Mm-hmm. And then little by little, your your channel was growing and growing, and yeah, it's almost unstoppable. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> as I speak at the time of this recording, um, I haven't done an, a proper reaction video for months, I guess, and that's just down to my my daytime. Really, it's just so I've got so much mm-hmm. going on in my life right now. It's just yeah. really difficult to try and find a balance between my channel and balance, yeah. my life, really your part is because you're not a singer so your reaction is raw yeah which i, which I guess I mean, is what is it's that's more of like what just reaction the is, appreciation and all that and i think that's what um that's what um made people um find it interesting because um you know people just going to react and all that and i think i realized that on the later part suddenly there's a lot of reactor uh reactor who's going to put a title like vocal coach and all that <laughs> suddenly they have like i have an authority by the way to actually react compared to some other reactors who probably don't have any um um you know um title or whatsoever but again i find it like really raw when you talk because you don't have any you know you just you just go with how the story was being told in the song does that make sense to you yeah, totally. And, and that's exactly my thing. It's speaking from the heart, really, because I, 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 I comment on how it makes me feel and what I like about things. At the end of the day, you know, if you're watching anything on TV, you know, forget the fact that it's a reaction video. But if you watch anything, you always have a reaction to something. You don't you know, you're not a filmmaker, but you watch movies and you can be critical of movies. Right. So it's the same thing. You just sit there. You enjoy the performances for what they are. I mean, just just because of the it was because of the fourth impact reaction, and and therefore you know everything else on my channel therefore has moved to music and performances and that sort of thing. I'm not a musician. I never claimed to be, and I never you know I I, I can't really sing at all. But it's just organic. You can grown. come on. You can sing. You can oh, sing. I heard no. you already. Well, I, I have to. I, I have to tell you, there's there's so few songs that actually suit my voice, and even those ones are still quite challenging for me so <laughs> don't expect to sing anything too uh too advanced so apart from regine you reacted to morissette to mm-hmm. jonna to basically you reacted to a lot of filipino artists yeah who yeah. was your favorite um, honestly who was your fa- who was your favorite 
it depends on my mood if i'm honest the same as movies you know i i like i would i would have said my favorite genre is sci-fi but actually it depends on my mood i quite like a good action movie so i don't know i mean i really i really love regine just because of her longevity i love her uh dynamic range and just how much she's covered in terms of genre and skill set over her career um yeah. but of course a lot of her older videos are poor quality aren't they because they're picking up all vcr copies and stuff so it's difficult to really get the full sense of regine's you know prowess and, unless you were there in the day um yeah. but in terms of how i feel um you know because i've got the headphones and i get the full sound now with today's recordings some of the younger artists i really really enjoy listening to i mean i don't i've not covered anywhere near as many but i'm i'm really starting to like sam mangobat actually as as a, a, a male oh, artist sam Mangobat, yeah yeah he sounds amazing i love his voice and bagoy as well he's got such a good texture to his voice it's gorgeous yeah it's a shame um you know there is such a uh, he his voice is just one of the most amazing voice uh in the philippines it's just that um you know it just didn't level with the stardom if you know what i mean mm. and not given a lot of projects and all yeah and i think i think that's a shame for some artists i mean it's such a you know it's no big secret that the the philippines is you know heavily influenced in you know, the music industry and that sort of thing it's you know one of the biggest hobbies and aspirations for most people i guess so you know it's very difficult to break the industry i guess i think once you're there it's, it's a bit easier than say america yeah but, but i think it, it's still there's so many people to to pick from and you know there's so many competitions for you know record recording contracts and things like that it's just so difficult for you guys mm -hmm. um well you've mentioned about um filipinos being you know um um there is an issue um before on youtube um and they call it like filipino baiting mm -hmm. uh, what can you say about that i think it definitely exists i mean you you mentioned earlier about these vocal coaches i mean there's so many coming at the woodwork now and i know it's just like <laughs> suddenly there's a lot of vocal coaches coming out exactly and it's just like what do i write filmmaker reacts to you know what i mean it's just at the end of the day people watch that because they go oh vocal coach they have credibility they could comment you know in terms of techniques and all sorts of things of an artist and that's some you know that people want to watch that so you know, I, it's just a way to get views. And th there's two sides to this, I think, initially for me. Firstly, yes, it exists and it is for views, I would imagine, you know, because people want to get noticed. Of course they do. But at the end of the day, you know, YouTube is made for creating content. So if, you, if you're not going to, if you're, if you're putting yourself out there and not wanting to drag people in, whether it's through clickbaiting or not, then what's the point? You have to yeah. you, you have to maximize your opportunity to you know you you've, you're putting the effort into making content, so you want to maximize that that audience and 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 um, you know retain retain their viewership throughout your videos, and then yeah. at the same time, a lot of the comments that I've seen about penal baiting is about um, you know Filipino validation I guess in terms of their, their view their. their um, where they sit and how they view themselves in the world but also mm -hmm. people are saying oh you know but they're taking our money from us it doesn't really work like that you know we're not we're not charging for our videos it's just 
it's done through Google AdWords. You know, it's all done for those, you know, yeah. ads that yeah. you see at the beginning of YouTube. You can skip them. It's, you know, it is what it is. So I suppose for every, I don't know what the, what it, how, how they value it now, something like every thousand views is something like, you know, so many pence or something like that. So it's not much, but you have to get a lot of views. So mm. therefore, you know, you try and drag people in with catchy titles and beautiful thumbnails. Yeah. And I guess, um, and I guess, um, you know, um, it's, it's up to the audience, basically, who they're going to choose to watch and what content also um, they feel about. And um, yeah, and for you, I think the biggest you've done, um, no, I'll, I'll let me put it in this context first. I feel like it's true that Regin Velasquez is your favorite artist. Um, and also, I'm sorry that I'm going to embarrass you a bit, but she made you cry a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not she just did make you cry a couple but, of times. <laughs> yeah, not just in performances, but in real life as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. oh, yeah, I saw the video. Right. Okay. So since we're on that, you embarked on one of your biggest journey probably in your life going to the philippines and attend the 30th anniversary concert of regin velasquez how was, was that for you it was life-changing and that is honestly the truth um bearing in mind i'd been doing youtube at this point for about a year and yeah. i think even Actually, I don't think it was in quite a year, was it? Because I started in July 2016. So about February, I think it was, I decided that I was going to go and see the concert. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, work was very light, so I didn't have the money. And I, I started a GoFundMe campaign, which people were generous enough to help um, fund the trip for me. I did chip in some myself, of course, but I needed help with the rest of the, the costs and that which was already the fact that I'd made my target already blew me away. People's generosity, strangers that I'd never met, you know, yeah. and then arriving at the Philippines, it was just incredible. Cause it was, I've never flown further than the Mal the Maldives. I went there for my honeymoon. So that was the furthest I've been. And, mm -hmm. you know, all that way, the other side of the world in a place that was so strange to me, not knowing anybody. And it's just, it was very surreal. And I was met with nothing but hospitality, friendly faces. You know, people would recognize me in, in the malls. Um, I was lucky enough to meet, you know, several artists, Regine included, um, mm -hmm. just by knowing a few people. And again, just being recognized. I was, I was just happy to be the right place at the right time. And somebody would recognize me who happened to work for somebody else who then, you know, worked for somebody else. And... I met actually Morissette. I actually met through her makeup artist, Miko, who mm -hmm. was also at Regine's concert. That's how I got his number and that's how we stayed in touch. So yeah, that was just, you know, again, being in the right place, right time and just being recognized. Um, the wish bus, you know, having, I don't know how long I was on there for half an hour, 40 minutes or that, just chatting on the wish bus something that i've been reacting to you know different performances on the wish bus for for the months prior to that and there i was sat in the same seat as everybody else oh um, yeah. god it was just yeah so much went on and i was so i was so happy and i was you met and you met katrina villada just by chance 
Yeah, I was there for, as I said, to meet Maury and, and Katrina was in the same building in just performing in the, in the hall. And I was just like, I did Her not know you were here. <laughs> that was my favorite reaction, you know, because it's just, it just, it, it, it made me happy because it, people might know who I am because of my reaction. You expect like some, maybe some of, you know, the fans and stuff. But then when you get artists reacting that way, it's just like, mm-hmm. God, you seem you're like a fan of me <laughs> you know <laughs> it was so surreal it, is, it, it is. was brilliant it's so brilliant and and also Lassie's reaction when he saw us on um barrio fiesta yeah <laughs> that was classic as well oh that was just brilliant oh speaking of Lassie, by the way um and also you're probably coming on to it later on with the podcast shay and i are doing yeah um, Lassie's going to be on the podcast um sometime in may so we've got wow. in. so hopefully maybe early june the episode will um, start getting released oh brilliant so, yeah. brilliant yeah would and then you uh, you've been in the philippines you've done a lot of things and um you managed to sat on that wish bus as well which was so amazing to watch and um you met robin um Nivera. And then mm-hmm. eventually you went home in the Philipp- uh, you went back to the Philippines with your wife to travel. Mm-hmm. I did. That I was, was very jealous. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, he's done so much rather <laughs> compared to me. <laughs> it was really great. And that, that whole trip was born out of love, really, from the first one. Um, as you know, like the end of the first trip, I left the airport crying, just really <laughs> aching to get back. And um, yeah, because everything that I did, you know, I documented, vlogged about it. And that was sort of like my my giving back, really, because everyone had been so generous and supporting me over the, over the year prior mm. to that, that I was really excited for the vlogs to come out so people could just really see what I got up to and how I spent my time. Mm. And because of the, the the charity work that I've done and the the achievements that I've, I've accomplished, really, whilst being out there, um, I had family who were very kind enough to... Um, lend me some money basically and and sort of partly fund my second trip so my wife and i went back to the philippines six months later with uh, four weeks spent just traveling around the different islands it was beautiful i know what was your favorite place oh i really liked palawan and i i can't oh, really? decide whether it was going to be on nido or koran because both have very i find very different um atmospheres um but every part everywhere we went to was just different there we went to some places in the south that i'd read that you should go to but didn't really know what to really expect so i just mm-hmm. we went there and just discovered things along the way you know and some of those some of the places that we went to was just beautiful like some of the waterfalls that we saw you know the, the swimming in the just the, the shallow waters and uh what else do we do uh, canyoneering and all that kind of stuff it was just great great fun really really loved that it's one of my favorite trips actually because it did it's mm-hmm. just like an adventure start to finish the other exciting part as well is for the third time you went back to the philippines to attend the wish music award which you surprised me because you sent me random pictures two pictures oh it was just for the jacket yeah for the jacket <laughs> do you know i've not worn the jacket since it's still in my wardrobe just collecting dust 
I should probably, well, to be fair, it's in a, in a one of those suit, uh, what's it, covers, but I should, I should auction it off, shouldn't I? Donate the money to charity or something. Yeah. And it's so, it's so fun to watch it because you were just supposed to present an award. And this is uh, for all the listeners. So he, uh, he was supposed to present an award, but he ended up being the host. That was a weird one. We were supposed to, uh, God, what was it? We were when we first had discussions with Wish. It was really to uh, be a part of the Reactors Choice Award because the two years prior to that, that was an eligible award, and we had been in, we had been you know other reactors as well had been involved involved in the Reactors Choice Award, um, obviously remotely, and you know you submit a, a short video with it, and that that's really all you get. And I thought, well, we're going to be there. Let's see if we can get involved in a, in a greater capacity. So the initial meeting we had, as I understood it, there was no Reactors Choice Award. <laughs> I was like, okay, that rules that out. What are we going to be doing? And they said, we can, you know, make you judges. And I was like, judges? <laughs> I, hang on, I just wanted to present an award. <laughs> Nothing about judging anything. Asking me to judge something. I'm not a musical genius. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But again, you know, going off my heart and how I feel about it, I sat there and I listened to, oh, God, was 80 or 90 performances for every artist in every category. And I rated them from top to bottom and, and I submitted my results. So that I was I was done. At that point, that was my job over. So, but uh, yeah, so I just based some, some performances I would base on how I felt the song mm-hmm. um, hit me. So, you know, did it pull on my heartstrings? Did it make me feel emotional? Was I just, you know, loving the vibe? Was it upbeat? And, you know, what what excited me? What did I like about the song? And I would try and, like, categorize what I loved down to what I liked the least. Not saying the least is favorite, favorite is not, not any good. Obviously, they're all great um, songs. But it's just what I preferred of, of those nominations. So yeah, all my stuff was done. We turned up on the day and we was going backstage and just seeing all the stuff, the setup on the day. And I was like, so uh, are we doing anything else? Are we, are we, are we done now? Because I was under the impression at that point we were just going <laughs> to turn up to the event, sit down in our chairs and just enjoy the show because we've done our bit now. Yeah. And then they said, no, that's fine. Just, you know, enjoy the day. Great. Went back to our hotel. Okay, pickups in a couple of hours. Let's go and get changed. So I'm getting changed. We get a phone call. I'm uh-huh. like, okay what's going on and i said you're going to be presenting awards and i was like what what <laughs> presenting <laughs> awards how did this happen you know two years ago i was just some guy living in england with no clue about anything going on over the side of the world and here i am a few years later standing on a stage presenting awards to morissette and goy and casey and it's like what how did this happen <laughs> it's just mental <laughs> but it's such a great evening Oh, uh, I miss that though. Really, really nice. I really but, miss going. I really—it's been over two years. Can you believe since yeah. that? I can't. Since the last believe time you went, you went back to the. Are you? Oh yeah, of course, 2019. Yeah. And it's... then you also did. You also embarked on this um, a charity album. Yes, that is 
a massive thorn in my side to be honest <laughs> it's one of those things that at the time seemed like a great idea and then the it longer is, you yeah. get involved and you dig into it it's just like mm. oh what have i done because i've spent a lot of money yeah you know a lot of my own money mm. trying to make this album work and the the problem was just no one really tells you uh, the complications you have with um, record labels because you, it isn't just so much, you know, going to the artist and saying, right, do you fancy doing a song? And they go, yes, mm. because they have to speak with their management. Their management can't say yes or no either because they have to speak with their label to see whether their, their contractual obligations conflict with anything that I might be doing. So mm. it becomes a massive, massive pain. It's trying to find the right people. No one gets in touch with you. It's just become like war after we were war. emailing couple of people <laughs> oh emails calling i nothing worked you know it's so hard we did get a few artists on the album um yeah. which i you know i love them for love them forever um yeah because you just, had to do it with you had to do it with jonna yeah and it's her fault this all started in the first place <laughs> <laughs> So that that duet just I asked on a whim. I thought this is a chance I can, you know, I don't care if I look stupid. It's just, you know, it's good fun. It's a once in a lifetime. I'll ask the question. And if she says yes, great. If not, then you know, at least I asked. Mm. And she said, yeah. And so she's very lovely her. though. Like really, really genuinely, genuinely nice, isn't it? Yeah, she was just wonderful, very, very loving. And actually, she was her and her team were just very considerate as well. Cause we were obviously there as their guests really for the day. And, you know, they took us out to dinner. They gave us lunch. It's just like, we should be paying for this, you know? Mm. So they, they looked after us really well. Um, oh, that's nice. But it wasn't until I released that vlog that people then started saying, oh, do a duet with Morissette, do a duet with Bugoy, do a duet with Virginia. And I'm like, I can just pick up the phone, you know? And be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I, okay, I'll just, I'll just chat to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the more I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, God, could I do it? Have I got enough credibility to pull this together? A lot of these artists I've already met, a lot of these artists know what I do. Could I do this? And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a crack. So I, I got um, a producer that I met when I was doing the duet with Jonah mm -hmm. to um, create some backing tracks for me. And we set up a date and a studio. And that's why I originally went to the Philippines around the Wish Awards, because that's that was my intent. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the, the nearer the time got, the harder it was, because the more stressful you got, you got mm. no artists involved. And I'm like, yeah. I'm recording the album in four weeks' time, and I have nobody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's still ongoing. Just out of curiosity, um. You, did you not invite Morissette to sing with you or what happened there? Oh, I invited everybody I know, you know, uh -huh. it's just no one gets back to you. In fact, oh. no, in fairness, I, I did get in touch with Morris' manager who does respond on occasion. Mm -hmm. And he seemed to think, well, the, the messages I got from him seemed positive. So I was kind of like optimistic about it. Um, you try and set a meeting or try and, you know, engage further and it just goes dead as well. So mm. I don't know. I don't know what I have to do. I mean, I, I thought maybe because I obviously announced it on YouTube and I'm trying to push for it publicly. And I kind of wanted to keep it secret up until it was all done because I didn't want to look stupid, you know, not having finished it. But I thought maybe the power of social media might prevail. Maybe if we can get excitement and some, you know, hype built, maybe, you know, something might come of it. And that didn't happen either <laughs> mm. yeah it's well one of those projects but i mean it's still ongoing I, I i i do want to release it i'm still you know trying my best to get it done but it's just yeah i don't have a date for a release now
Okay. Well, see, we've been talking almost like, what, a half an hour only because of your journey to the Philippines as being um, create, uh, a content creator and um, a reactor. And then you embarked on another project, which is podcasting. How did it happen to? And with Shai? Yeah. Um, well, Shai and I... Uh, You've been very, you, be, you became really, really good friends. Yeah, two sides of the world, you know, bonding over the common interest. Um, yeah, we really sort of like hit it off quite quickly, actually. We became good friends and we went to the Philippines in, in January 2019. That's when we really sort of bonded and had that, you know, bromance, if you want to call it that. Um, and we decided gonna, it was sort of the latter part of 2019, actually. Could we set up a, a joint channel, which was really to host... Um, sort of like outtakes really bits of the the vlogs that didn't make it into the vlogs if you like so it was just kind of like you know some fun ranty videos that we did and you know <laughs> just kind of short interviews um just just extra bit of content really mm-hmm. um and we did actually do a podcast um remotely but it didn't quite work out because there's a lot of technical um involved like stuff to do and beyond the scenes and it was a bit fiddly and you know the data was so huge of course now it's a lot easier with zoom and everything but at the time yeah. it wasn't it wasn't and the so time great. difference as well because he lives in the guy lives in new zealand uh australia actually perth oh is he australia um, yeah I he's thought... he's from new zealand but he he lives in australia all oh, right okay okay yeah so the time difference didn't help but you know i think that winter time is like eight hours ahead mm-hmm. of they are so yeah it wasn't it wasn't so easy um but then you know this year we were like well we, we can do this now. We've got technology to do it. We've, we've got all the gear now to do it. Let's, let's give it a go. So unfortunately that first podcast that we did do back in 2019, um, we'll probably never see the light of day, but we have, <laughs> we, we, but, but we have recycled some of the content in terms of discussion points. So it's not like it's completely lost, if you know what I mean? So we, we, we um, renamed the channel. Cause I think at that point it was just called the other Shay and Dan. Because there's actually a channel called, I think it's Dan and Shay or Shay and Dan. They're yeah. like musicians as well. But yeah, so we just called it the other Shay and Dan mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so they got a rename to the two piece in a podcast. Um, oh, and who thought of the name? That was me. It just came at a, at a moment of inspiration. Um, yeah, so I, I was on Twitter just reading some comments about something or other. And something somebody said made me want to write back something like oh yeah you know shane and i are two peas in a pod and that's when it hit me i was like oh, oh my god, god. how have you not thought of this yeah i mean you know not to it was a great moment of like genius but it, yeah it turns out there's a lot more two yeah. peas in the podcasts yeah. podcasts out there so we're not like the first one to think of it but it's it was such a great find yeah and then um so i decided to sort of like scandal inside the entire um podcast channel and then immediately i was like what (laughs) i think you know where i'm coming from i think i do (laughs) talking about manscaping oh yeah podcast and all that like okay like i didn't (laughs) know that he is going to be very much into this one so let me just listen to this and then i think from the start it just cracked me up like (laughs) non-stop like oh I'm really sorry, but this is another embarrassment. Dan Evans, I haven't eaten Chinese food. 
It is your fault, dude. Oh. <laughs> I will never ever look at Chinese food the same way. I oh, God. Yeah. This is all your fault. <laughs> Do you know what? The, the, it's funny. Like, when we release these podcasts, each part of a podcast is released as like a separate topic, but it was all part of one episode. Yeah. So when you watch all the parts in succession, it kind of feels the first episode in particular kind of feels a bit ranty because of where we're sort of letting steam out, you know, we're sort of just getting things off our chest, talking about things, you know, people that might might not know about YouTube, but assume, you know, this, that, and the other. And we're trying to just put things straight, I suppose. And it kind of gets a bit, I found it a bit irritating towards the end. And that's just me talking, you know, <laughs> but then episode two, it's like a complete flip on the head. It was episode three. I, know. I can't remember. <laughs> And it just goes like the other way completely. And I love that. I love that each episode is kind of like self-contained in a way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I didn't want the episodes to be too serious. It needed to be fun, and you know, us. I prob it's probably because I just didn't uh, didn't um, imagine that you are going to talk about <laughs> mindscaping. And man, you are just like you know hold bars in what you are saying there and i'm like at one point i kind of throw my phone when i had like you don't want any hair on your teeth like <laughs> <laughs> i was like Dan Evans. What the hell? Oh. but it was good fun i finished it i'm telling you i just laughed and laughed and laughed and i was like and i think i i, I don't know how many of my uh, how many how many people I shared that um podcast um for them to watch? It's just it's just really funny. Really, well, really funny. I like to think that my own channel is kind of family friendly, and this one's sort of like you know, <laughs> watch at your own risk, really. But um... yes, you should have actually put a disclaimer first. <laughs> you didn't. You you basically caught me off guard, Dan. I think that's good though. It's in. It just keeps things fresh and interesting, and you know, see people see a different <laughs> I, side I think of I you. I kind of have an idea about the manscaping, but the Chinese uh, <laughs> threw me away completely. <laughs> I'll never ever forget that. <laughs> oh, wait till you get to the home video episode. That's the interesting one. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll try that um, after this one, and then, who, oh. who would have thought at one point the. <laughs> The heights of your Regine Velasquez and all that kind of fell with the fans. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be very honest with you. Could you I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. When I've watched it, okay, I think the difference is that um, there's a lot of people who are very, very passionate um, fans, if you know what I mean, supporters and all that. I, I love Regine Velasquez. Like, I love Regine Velasquez. I'm a huge fan of her. But I know where you're coming from. I immediately know where you're coming from. It's just that it didn't sit well to, with other people. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it, sometimes when you just talk off the cuff, it, sometimes you don't have time to think about how you say something. Like, I knew what I wanted to say, but I knew what I was saying wasn't quite how I wanted to say it. And I just couldn't quite put my finger on what it was that I felt other than this sense of, you know, I, I feel out like, 
like hard done by, like I've been mm. robbed of the opportunity and I, and I couldn't figure out what that was, but I did um, just because of the backlash really. And, and it completely threw me. Yeah. Uh, Shay and I did do a sort of like response video, which yeah, kind I of, saw that too. I yeah. That and that too. kind of, we had to script it out because there's so much I wanted to say. I didn't want to forget it or misconstrue mm. what it was that I'd said. So I wanted to make sure I got it exactly how I wanted it. So there's always that video to look back on. But unfortunately, as is the way with YouTube, you know, people are quick to watch the regime video, you know, three and a half thousand views. Mm. I think it's got something, mm. but the response video has got half of that. So people just don't care. <laughs> well, what, was the, what, 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 was the, what was the reaction from the fans or from your supporter? Um, a lot of people felt like we should remove the video. People said they were disappointed and Aww. using regime for views, um, that kind of stuff really, you know, that's very harsh. It is, it is, but you know, like I say, it's it didn't maybe the video, the the video didn't quite come across the way that I wanted it to. That's why we did the follow up. It's just mm -hmm. I I felt like I didn't felt more deserving than the fans of thirty years plus. You know, that wasn't yeah. what I was trying to say. Yeah. It was the fact yeah. that I'd I'd you know supported her for the, all the time that I have. You know, yeah. loved her in the, such a short space of time. Yeah. Had connections with her albeit you know a couple of meetings or whatever it was i i've i feel like like we talked about earlier you know there's so many reactors out there now but i felt like we were some of the earlier um creators where i suppose we would be more known to some of these artists because we mm. kind of got there first in in the weird sort of way that it was i just felt we were a more obvious choice to um you know connect with her audience but I suppose subscriber count matters more than personal connections or something. I don't know. Yeah. Did you lose some subscribers? Um, to be honest, I hadn't noticed because that came mm. from the podcast channel, but I wouldn't oh, right. be surprised okay. if I lost subscribers. Cause like All I right. say, I haven't been uploading for quite a while anyway, that the mm. numbers fluctuate that much. Um, I mean, it hasn't, you know, it's always, it's always, even if I lost a bunch that day, you know, it, it grows yeah. weekly anyway. So I, I don't notice it too much. Yeah. But with all these things, you are very much rewarded to your most coveted gift ever. And that is your YouTube. Yeah, my YouTube silver play button. That was yes. a monumental achievement. That was something that you you see other people get. You know, yeah. you, when you start your channel, you got like you know, two subscribers or something. You're like, oh, it would be great to get a silver play button. And you never think that day is going to come. And even when you hit 100,000, it still takes like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a month or something before you get it. And you're like, come on, I want myself a play button already. <laughs> did you not, did you cry? Um, I don't think I cried. No, I was just really <laughs> excited. I remember I bought, I bought balloons, you know, with like 100 to celebrate my 100,000. Um, and I released that video, mm. but I, I got quite excited about it. Cause it's, you know, it's just, you know, you, you do these videos for, you know, four, or was it four years at that point. And, yeah you only get responses usually by the comments. So you don't really see how many really view your video other than obviously the number count, but you don't, you don't watch, yeah. you don't see people, you don't mm -hmm. interact directly with people in terms of face to face. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, my videos go out there into the ether of the internet and there they shall stay and people can enjoy it or not. Um, but it's not until something like this lands for you post that you go, Christ, you know, that's validation there that I've actually done something 
Mm. You know, it's um, it's weird when it that's because the other thing I sort of have to try and remind myself is it, it is this is my life, and it does kind of feel at times I have two because mm-hmm. I've got all my Filipino subscribers, I have friends who are Filipino, you, you obviously you included, I have the artists, my reactions, the, my trips, the mm-hmm. you know, the, the meetings, the awards, all that kind of stuff, and then I come home and it's like day job family life friends barbecues you know it's a very different contrast yeah. so to have this land in the mail it's like yeah you know this is actually mm. this is this is what i've done it's um yeah i'm very yeah. proud of the channel yeah and then um you have a, you have a baby penny she's Yay. so cute <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah. she's well, great I think life, you know, it, it, it's sort of like life continues where whatever you need to embark, you need to embark. Whatever you wanted to do, you're going, you just do it. And um, having said that, um, um, who would have thought that I'm going to have a podcast for myself? Yeah, what a year it's been for many, many people, eh? And mm. who's you now starting? I think it's great, by the way, your your ideology about the, the content that you're going to be including. I think it's you know, there's definitely a gap in the market for it. I'm very pleased, very proud oh, of you actually for starting it. That the hardest step is the first step, and you've done that. Yes, so. it, seriously, it was um, it was a bit. It I really have no idea what um what possessed me to be honest in the first place, and I just thought, you know what, I really wanted to do this, but it started growing on me and growing in me, and then I thought like, what the hell? Let's just do it and then see how it goes and. Yeah, it it was um, um, it was it was it was really really beautiful. And just like yesterday, I interviewed one of my friend, and then the other day, I interviewed my friend, and then now here you are. I have schedule on, actually, um, to this morning, like early morning, around two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. I have someone that I need to interview. Her story oh, is wow. really good. I know. Talk about dedication, man. <laughs> I know how you feel. We, we interviewed um, Rachel Ashley, um, who is also another YouTuber and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's based uh, in California. So uh, because oh, the of the difference. time difference. Yeah. So I was, it, it was her. Let me get this right now. I think it was her. Uh, her 10 p.m. Uh-huh. It was my 6 a.m. And it was Shay's. Oh, 2 p.m. I think it was. Yeah, but the thing is, my friend is working, so she's only available at a certain time in the evening, and her evening is the wee hours here in the UK. So it's just because I I really really wanted to talk to her because her story is just so amazing. And then and then Thursday I have uh, someone that I'm going to interview as well, and then see how it goes, and then I can just rest and then just keep uploading them and all that. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I think, like I say you'll probably get people who won't like you get people that will that's just the nature of being in the public eye if you, if you can call it that I don't <laughs> to be honest I... with you to be honest with you i i think where um when you said it earlier on you just wanted to do whatever you just wanted to put uh things that you enjoy that you love yeah uh, regardless whether there will be people who's going to listen or not it's mm-hmm. fine and for me even if there's only two or three people who listen to the podcast it's just fine with me to be honest with you because the, the the anchor has analytics and so has Spotify, so I can see the numbers changing like every day, and I'm like, oh, wow. oh my god, yeah, I'm really, ex- I, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm so happy at the moment. Oh, well done, Tony. I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Well, last word, um, Dan. If you have any 
message to anyone who wanted to start a passion project like podcasting or vlogging? What do you want to tell them? I'd say just do it because there's no time like the present. Life's too short. And, you know, you'll reg- just just give it a shot. If you enjoy it, people will, will naturally gravitate towards your passion. I think people can sense that if you love something enough, people will gravitate towards you because they just enjoy listening to you. Yeah, true. It is true, though. Well, with that said, Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. You're really, welcome. really appreciate. I really, really appreciate it. And hopefully after this freaking craziness this lockdown you'll will be able to do a bit to meet again if you manage to come to visit london again we can have lunch oh, visit the filipino what? shop because um i owe you a casino for this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what i'm dying to do and i can't believe i've not done this yet i've not been to jollybee in london since it's opened guess where is jollybee located uh was it covent garden no, Jollibee is located like few few steps from that Filipino store. Oh, is it really? And few steps from my workplace. Oh, brilliant. There we go. Then we've got to have lunch at Jollibee, go shopping in the store and then go <laughs> okay, to work. I, I, I promise I'll, I'll, I'll buy you Tocino. <laughs> I, I owe you Tocino for this one. Oh, thank you, Tony. Thank you. Well, take care, Dan. And, um, you too. All the best. Thank you. Thank you again for joining, Dan. I truly, truly appreciate it. And, um, you know, Dan's story proves that um, when you use social media with a purpose and it's carried out with a good intention, it can truly, truly have a profound impact to everyone. And, uh, you know, in Dan's narrative, he met not just new friends, but family as well and an adventure that will last a lifetime. So indeed, there is a beauty in social media when you use them properly. And um, well, another episode has ended. So this is Tony reminding all of you once again, we are all beautiful like every colors of the rainbow. So bye everybody until next episode. Bye.